1: the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and RedRaiders.com, here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports. Now, here's the Red Raider Podcast. And hello everyone, I'm Carlos Silva from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, sports editor for the newspaper, bringing you another edition of the Red Raider podcast. And on this edition, the first one, before we take your Twitter questions as Texas Tech takes on West Virginia in the 11 a.m. Saturday contest, I've got KLBK's ranking King and Fox 34's John Sokolov to talk a little bit about this contest and anything else that kind of pops up in our heads. So uh, first question I always have to ask off the bat, how are y'all doing? I'm doing great, man. Well, this it's is a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday. <laughs> Beautiful
0: Tuesday. It was a little cold last week. After this we went to go eat. Yeah. And, and I don't want to um, I don't want to name the restaurant that we ate at because you know, if you want advertising, you gotta pay for that. That's right. um, but it was it was a little chilly on, on that little walk. That people, people don't know this. We like to go get some food after that. That we do. A, a few weeks ago I got the Caniac combo and I did I feel fat? Of course. Yeah. Obviously. Did I feel morbidly obese? Yes. <laughs> And, uh, you know, last week, a little healthier, but, um, yeah, no, so better weather today than last little week. Za, so I'm,
1: little za, little za action last week. little,
0: little za, yeah, a little, little, little pizza. Don't want to give too much away, but, yeah, pizza. That's the furthest I'll go. So, as always, we always
1: talk a lot of football on this podcast. Uh, we'll eventually get to that, but um, John Sokolov, obviously in a good mood. As uh, Texas Tech should hopefully be as they were on a bye week following a loss to Kansas. We'll see if they can Love kind of turn things way. around. You know, that's why I'm a professional. And you know, Carlos, and and thanks try. for
2: we're just trying to learn from you, this podcasting world, yeah, man. You are, you are the king of it. My goodness.
1: I don't know if I'm the king. I just I just try to get this done because right. I won't get fined.
0: You know, that's, that's the only reason. You're I do, just but, here, so you won't get fined.
1: Absolutely. Marshawn Lynch, good. hero. Marshawn Lynch.
0: And oh, oh, Oakland Raider. Very good Oakland Raider. Yeah, that's, Oakland right, Raider. Raider. that's right, Charlie. That's right, Charlie. Very good.
2: Very good. You also enjoy hanging out with us. That's why you also have this, Well, right? that I do. The whole
1: reason we hang out is to do this podcast, and, and I know you've always bugged me to hang out with me, and here we are hanging that is out. True.
2: This is what I have to do. I have to actually do work to get to yep. hang out with you.
1: What we is it work? We're more of a recreational
0: hang. You and I, we'll go, we'll go grab some yeah. brews. We'll go, we'll play some basketball, get some hoops done. Yeah, you'll, you'll hit that uh, the the wing three. That's your spot. You, old, know, you like the uh, wing three.
1: That is true. Yep. that is true. The B Dubs, the you know, B Dubs, the B Dubs, the wing good. threes. We we've the been through Hub everything. City. Yep. <laughs> yep. Speaking, of, uh, speaking of free advertising, but um, I guess for you guys, kind of a uh, terrible transition because I can't think of anything right now, but West Virginia obviously going to be a tough one for Texas Tech. Both teams kind of in a situation where you're thinking, well, we're both 3-5, and five, both 1-4 in conference. A win could certainly be a good deal for either of them because you're obviously looking to get bowl eligible being the main one. Uh, the other is obviously coming off a loss for both teams as well. West Virginia on a four-game losing streak. I believe Texas Tech on a three-game losing streak. So certainly a lot of things can be gained. Uh, one thing for Texas Tech I think that would be very important. I know some of the guys don't want to talk about it. They want to just talk about going 1-0. and But I guess from your all's perspective, how big would a road win be for these teams? For, for uh, Texas Tech, pardon me. I don't know if it's
2: just a road. I think it's any win at all at this point. But a road win you have to get. Because when you're building a part of a program, it's one thing to build your – how a team plays at home. I think every team gets that boost. That's even part of the reason, Carlos, you picked them to beat Oklahoma State. I did. You, you were so confident of them here at
1: home. Oklahoma State's not that good either. But no, but that's just me. It's still a pretty good win. Yeah. yeah,
0: It was like the same as last year when Tech yes. played them, right? They were ranked and, mm-hmm. and they fell off it's, a little bit. And then I even said back. at the time, if you remember, I said this
2: season is shaping up exactly like last year. We weren't high on them. Yeah. They upset Oklahoma State. We yeah. get on their bandwagon. Now they've disappointed everyone, so we'll see what happens. But losing at Arizona... Arizona's not a great team, so that that's not a great loss. OU, whatever. Then you have, obviously, Kansas, mm-hmm. a not a good one. And then Baylor was three points. West Virginia also lost to them by three points. So you mm-hmm. can look at the similarities there. Both of these teams, though, badly need to win for two reasons. One, they need to get that momentum going, specifically to gain a road win, especially because this looks like one of the more winnable games left. But also... They always talk about how important bowl games are. If you lose this game, the loser of this game has to win their last three consecutively. And I think it's fair to say either way that's probably not going to happen. You're probably not going to be 3-6 and and rally off three at the end to win. It's a must-win for a bowl game. Yes, it would be. I would say so. You need this one, and then you need, if you're Tech... You need two out of three of TCU, Kansas State, and Texas. All
0: three of those are winnable, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Though. It's just
2: it's just the the odds of winning two of the three are right. lower. Yeah, you know um, and the odds of winning all three are are very low. Um, but I mean, I, I don't I don't really have an answer when we ask Coach Wells like what it is. I don't even think they're really coming out with like bad energy on the road. I don't, I don't think there's anything super specific I've seen. I think part of the reason they're bad on the road, like we talked about, Baylor and Oklahoma are really good. But the Kansas one was—we they we, we already talked about the Kansas. Yes. They lost late in that game. That yep. was that was more of a late game. It was, they mm-hmm. looked good in the beginning. So you can't say it was being on the road because in the beginning, they looked really good there at 17-0. Mm-hmm. So then you're only looking at the Arizona game where Bowman went down. I just feel like there are reasons for each one. And to me, more than anything, I don't know if there are reasons they're losing on the road. At this point, it might just be more of a psychological, they need to see a road victory because we asked Coach Wells this week— What needs to happen with this team? And he's saying, you know, honestly, just going through getting a late game stop and getting a a win on the road Mm -hmm. is going to be what sends this team forward. There's no magical formula during practice during at some point we just have to do it so the guys believe it and I, I do think that's where they are they need to there's there's nothing that's going to spark them to get there they are going to have to go out there they're going to have to get a road win they're going to have to get a late stop in a game so they can start believing in themselves and doing it more and more consistently going forward
1: and that's a huge point just because of when you look during this three game losing streak Texas Tech has lost by a combined 16 points mm-hmm. six of those points being one a field goal against Baylor and on the other one being a field goal against Kansas, 10 points against Iowa State during homecoming. So in all of those games, you can look back to whatever you want to do. If you want to look at a singular play, whatever you want to do. But regardless of the fact, I think uh, your point kind of rings true, Ryan, is late-game situations. Can the defense get the opposing offense off the field? And that has not been the case in these last three games. I'd love to see the fourth-quarter stats of, mm-hmm. uh, of Tech against opponents. That would be interesting, but uh, again – We've talked about this before. You just kind of have to mask this as a quote-unquote weakness. The back end of that Mm -hmm. defense was getting beat by Kansas, a team that, yes, they did uh, do pretty well against Texas. But, again, Texas was also a depleted uh, backfield on the defensive side with all the safeties and their defensive backs hurt a little bit. Texas Tech, uh, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but they're obviously depleted as well. That's the reason that they got a bunch of guys playing multiple positions playing positions that maybe they haven't played before. Yes. It's good to be a little bit versatile, but sometimes you got to have a guy that can play defensive back or can play safety. And then you can kind of figure out this is where I'm supposed to be. You're not confused anything like that. You're not kind of mixed up with the coverages and all that stuff, which I think that's a little bit of the reason where you kind of think, okay, why is this guy so wide open? Well, one guy thought he was supposed to be one place. The other guy probably thought he was supposed to be in that same place. And then you have a hole in your defense and Kansas, uh, along with Iowa State and Baylor, took advantage of those situations with their playmakers because that's what most of the Big 12 teams do because you got some good playmakers in the wide receiver core and the quarterbacks. When you look at Charlie Brewer at Baylor, uh Brock Purdy at Iowa State and then now all of a sudden Carter Stanley looks like a pretty viable quarterback now that Brent Deerman's their offensive coordinator but looking at West Virginia you have a little bit of I guess of a sense of what he's been able to do if he's done anything at all but Austin Kendall transferred from Oklahoma to West Virginia what have you seen from him Ryan in terms of what he could bring from uh either the Sooners winning mentality if you will at least from me it looks like he's been up and down so far this year that's actually exactly what I was gonna say I think he's been very up and down which
2: to be fair, with a team like West Virginia, that's going to happen. You have that much turnover. Not that he played with those guys. You, you lose receivers like Sills and Jennings. You're going to be up and down. But their offense, I mean, we were doing our research for this podcast like every week. It is stunning yep. how bad their offense has been. Ranked really low. I mean, in passing offense, they are eighth. With West mm-hmm. Virginia in recent years, that doesn't even sound correct. And then in passing efficiency, which is something I usually look at, see how good a quarterback is. Yeah. Austin Kendall is 10th. He's the worst starting quarterback as far as efficiency in the conference. I've seen him be very much up and down. I've seen him make really good throws, not consistently enough. And he can – he's not mobile by any means that I would say. I've seen him run for the first downs, though. He can keep plays alive, which is, you know, it's something for him. But I do think he's been – I think there's the reason they've been struggling so much he's been really inconsistent, but they had such an overhaul. You lose a quarterback of three years and Will Greer, you lose Jennings and Sills, a great wide receiver, tandem, you lose your head coach and Daniel Holgerson to Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's a completely this this is only the same team in name only. I mean, it's a completely different West Virginia team than we've seen in years past. But I was stunned with Neil Brown in there, with Austin Kendall, who's at least talented. I believe he came in as a four-star. They have players, mm-hmm. and they have just looked terrible. And something I wanted to point out, you mentioned Tex lost their last three games by 16 points. <laughs> West Virginia, if you take out the Oklahoma game, in their last three losses, yep. have lost by 38. Mm-hmm. So they are getting blown out m- much more. To Texas, they lost by 11. Mm-hmm. Baylor, three, which was the same. Mm-hmm. Iowa State by 24. They yep. lost to Iowa State by
0: 24 at home. Tech lost to them by 10. Mm-hmm. Well that that game uh Kendall Kendall got hurt that game yeah, he did. Very, yeah. very early. Mm-hmm. I I just think you mentioned earlier uh, similarities between the two teams. I think there's a lot more than, you know, than what you would uh, see at first glance. West Virginia, they've a, a new head coach. Tech new head coach obviously, but also just how they've been up and
1: down West Virginia. And it seems like the
0: w- offense is not what they're wanting it to be right now because Neil Brown's supposed to be the offensive guy like Matt
2: Wells and David right. Yost, and it just hasn't come together Although yet. Although
1: he's more of a defensive guy. Back at Troy, that's what everyone talked about. Yes, he did have that good offense, but he's got a defensive background. I'm just saying for, as far as it, it not, right. it's yeah. not all clicking, yeah, correct. Yeah, it's very yeah. early. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and I think at times, I mean, look, at, at they won at Kansas, NC State. Uh, the, the Missouri game was top to bottom. Missouri and OU were the only ones they looked really awful. But the Texas game, barring just yeah, barring a few just— bad picks or... Yeah, four a picks of bad, in that game. Yeah, a couple of bad turnovers late. They were in that one. Iowa State, their quarterback goes down. Oklahoma, we know how much better they are than every other team mm-hmm. in the Big 12, including Baylor, and that's another another podcast. Yes. And then playing Baylor, yeah, I know, obviously I, I think they're a little overrated, but Baylor, you know, undefeated team, right? Well, what, 11th in the nation? I mean, so West Virginia and Tech, the same in the sense of new coaches, both looking up and down, and... um offensively, I guess there's there's not really that much, but yeah.
1: Well, the the, the one thing that I will say, going to your point there, Ryan, is the fact that they've, in in their last three games, they've only scored 14 points. So if you're able to get on top of them, you're going to put some pressure on a A unit that has not been able to produce up until, like you guys were talking about, against Kansas or Texas, which, again, we've seen how bad Kansas and Texas and their defensive backs were and their defenses are. So if you're able to take advantage of that, get ahead really quick, I think that's going to put at least some good confidence and momentum, as uh, Ryan was talking about. The other thing, too, is when you look at what West Virginia's averaging this year, 21.6 points per game. Texas Tech is averaging almost 10 points more at 30.8. So – just in that sense, your offense has been a little bit more efficient, which is good when you think about that because the defense has been not good the last couple of games because of all the, the points that have been scored at least later on, and that's going to be the big thing. The whole reason I say if you can score early on, I think that's going to be big for Texas Tech because you've been giving up points going into the And their offense isn't
0: isn't built to really, as of what it is right now, it's not an offense that's really that built to come from behind, a, a big deficit. Really? No, because I don't know if they're limiting Duffy or they're not trusting him on those deep shots as much. But it, it seems like it's a pretty conservative offense. Uh,
1: well, here's the thing is like, I don't know if conservative is the right way to put it. I think it's smart because here's the thing you got to force. Again, I hate saying this ad nauseum, but he's your four string quarterback. Its coaching staff has certainly evaluated everyone that they had last year. They know what he did in the Big 12. Matt Wells has talked about it. He's won games on the road, BTCU, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is they know that he makes bad decisions. He's continued to say anytime Don, you guys, anyone else from the local media has asked him, what can Duffy improve upon? Decision making. So what's the best way to make sure that you can make sure that Jet Duffy does not make a decision that will cost you in a game? Simplify the offense, make sure that there are some high quality throws that you can make, which fortunately in the David Yost offense, there are some throws that you can make that are high quality or you can run the football a little bit more, which is what we've seen with Texas tech less throws, less chances to make bad decisions, or easy throws, less chances to make bad decisions. And if you do find that big play, which they have had some big plays, it's just Jet Duffy's missed it because either one, he overthrew it, underthrew it. But here's the thing is when you do have those chances, you do know that you have the ability to make them, and this offense has been working. It's just you want to make sure that, again, in, like previous, in previous years, if you want to look at it this way because I hate making these comparisons, but people always look at here's what happened previous, here's what happened now. If you try and make these big big plays or you try to try and uh, force the issue, so to speak, if you will, you're going to get an interception, you're going to get blowouts. What has been the one thing that everyone's been talking about? Well, this team always got blown out or it looked like they didn't care. Well, if you get blown out, it's because your defense is always out on the field because your offense cannot get things going because they're trying to hit these big plays all the time. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with running the football a couple times, getting six-something yards, having a third and short, or – throwing these screen passes, making sure that you're at least in a high percentage situation, as you've talked about with the, with the throwing percentage for Jet Duffy and some of the other guys in the conference. And it's kept them in games. Like, that's the important thing. Now, the one thing that is kind of interesting is when you do something like that, you have to make sure that you are perfect in every other statistical category because right now, as I mentioned before, Texas Tech averaging 30.8 points per game, their opposition, they're giving up 294 that is a slim margin for error when you look at something like that no question especially when one of those games they blew out Oklahoma state
2: and that's going to you know that's going to skew it a little bit because mm-hmm. they, they won that one by so much the rest of the games are a lot closer and there is there's not much margin for error and i think coach wells would admit that in this first year he he said we're not quite where we want to be we're still building this program there's not much room for error in this first year
0: there's no there's not much room now, especially considering the secondary situation, you guys—you yep. got guys out there with freaking mitts on their hand or, or whatever you call them. But I mean, Adrian Fry is very banged up. Dez yep. Smith is out, and we already had question marks about this secondary yeah, once you tarnish any of that its happened, depth. Yeah. yeah, and once once its depth is chopped like that, I mean it's. That's why, and what it's going to come down to, and Wells said this yesterday, we need to be able to establish pressure with a three-man front. That's what he said, and and, I mean, look, that's the recipe for this defense's success at the beginning of the year, especially now with with the injuries back there. They need to Mm -hmm. be able to rush three and get some pressure. Against Oklahoma State, their defensive line looked great.
1: Absolutely, and and, and that's the one thing that he talked about. I I believe you asked him that question. I can't remember who asked the question, but his biggest thing was, and I feel like it was almost a challenge to kind of talking to the TVs and the media, however you want to put it, but he basically said our three three linemen, when we do three down linemen, have to do a better job of getting to the quarterback because if not, you're basically – Is anyone that has X's and O's uh, or has watched football, if you have to put more guys on the line, that's less that you're going to have in coverage. That's going to be more of a chance that you can obviously give up a big play that way. If you're able to rush with three guys, there are a lot more things you can do in terms of disguising your defense, having better coverage, that and so forth. But just uh, my last point before we kind of get to what Texas Tech and West Virginia kind of do well and don't do well or what the X factors might kind of be. To my point, Texas Tech has outscored its opponents 51 to 24 in the first quarter. After that, they've been outscored 74 to 65 in the second quarter. So that's the big thing. Like I said, they've gotten off the fast starts, which is good. But the thing is, is the defense has been giving up some points. That adds up to what I've seen, honestly.
2: I did not know that stuff, but the way I've been watching games, it does feel like they start and they. The Kansas one's the best example, Mm -hmm. going up 17 to nothing. Mm -hmm. But it does feel like. Now that's what you want. You don't want to come out flat. Correct. But it does feel like they do really well with the scripted plays. They mm-hmm. do really well early. And then it's, I don't know how much is scripted. Usually it's around the first 10 to 15. But it feels like those always go really well. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it kind of falls off a little bit. Yeah. well, Which the makes thing, sense with the new offense.
1: Yeah, the new offense. And not only that, but you're obviously, David Yost is obviously getting used to this defense as well. Like, you're trying to figure out what these guys do. I'm sure it'll look a little bit better next year when you have an idea of the personnel and all those things. But... Going back to that point, third quarter, when Matt Wells talks about second half adjustments, playing well, they outscore opponents sixty-seven to fifty-five. But here's the big one that I talk about: the defense giving up points in that fourth quarter. Opponents are scoring sixty-nine points. Texas Tech is only scoring fifty-three. So you're out getting outscored sixteen That's points in the four, fourth quarter right now. So the it? second
2: and the fourth are getting outscored, which correct. is correct. You say the most critical will be third and fourth, but I mean making adjustments into the second and making adjustments into the fourth in-game adjustments, Mm -hmm. not as much at halftime. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: That seems like that's where the games are being decided.
0: I don't think there's, like, that much of big playability, too. I mean, explosive plays, we haven't seen much of those at all. But, okay, so in those three wins, like, it's not like they came from behind and, and, you know, got the win late with their offense. I mean, I guess the one argument you can make would be the Sir Roderick Thompson run that ended that drive against Baylor that gave him the lead Mm -hmm. very late. But besides that, in the Oklahoma State game, you were just kind of trying to make sure that they didn't really play catch-up. And besides that, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, you, you've let other teams back into it late. Or maybe once you, once those other teams kind of have gone to sleep a little bit and they yep. can sense that they're coming back, then they um, – they definitely ignited on that end. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how built this offense is to like t- fully take over a fourth quarter because well, that's where weaknesses are exposed.
1: Well, I, I guess kind of speaking of those weaknesses, as we kind of talk about Texas Tech and West Virginia, in, the, in terms of the matchups, I think one of the biggest things, and Coach Matt Wells mentioned this, among other things, is They have to learn to run the football a little bit more to milk the Mm -hmm. clock and kind of close out those games as we talked about.
2: When he first got the job, he said games are won in November Mm -hmm. by running the ball. And now here we are. It's November. First game's coming up. And he acknowledged that this week, like you're saying.
1: And when you look at that, obviously, huge loss. Armand Schein, due to ribs, he's out for the year. So, again, not necessarily, obviously, a a loss in terms of the depth chart. So Roger Thompson has been shown to be that guy. I think everyone kind of saw he was the all-purpose back. Eventually he kind of developed into that guy. So big loss in terms of the depth. After that, you got to John Henry. He's certainly been a, a nice little spark plug out of the backfield when he's trying to catch in space. I think that's probably his best uh, attribute is when you can get him out there, make a, make a play because you can turn a potential two to three to maybe even four-yard screen into a 14-yard play. I think that's where he's kind of – showing his, his, uh, his acumen in terms of the offense. And then after that, it's Jax Welsh. I mean, a guy we haven't really heard of. He's played in eight games, has, I believe, four rushes for about 30 yards or so. But uh, he's a guy that, worst case, you can hand the ball off to him, get a couple of rushes. So maybe uh, Sir Rodrick and DeJount aren't there. But the thing is, is if you get the run game established, I think that's going to be good. But it's going to be tough because West Virginia has a couple guys that have been in the backfield a lot the mm. last couple games.
2: I mean, there are some major weaknesses I see with this West Virginia team. The, yep. the thing I love they're going so back beatable, to.
0: They're so beatable. They are tech. very
2: beatable. The thing that I like about them, the one like main positive I could find now, this is a positive because they've been so bad in games, but West Virginia has converted the highest percentage of fourth downs in the Big
1: 12. and Which that's not good when you think about it. it. <laughs> it's
2: more so because they have so many, but they are seven for nine, which is yeah the second most behind Oklahoma State's gone for 12 times. Mm -hmm. But that's Matt Wells' thing, stopping them on third downs, stopping Mm -hmm. them on fourth downs. Assuming Tech does get an early lead or a lead at all, we're going to see that at some point in this Mm -hmm. game. And I do think win or lose, unless it's a complete blowout, that's going to be the decider is what happens on third downs if they can get them into third and long where they can't go for it, what happens on fourth downs. With West Virginia also, though, probably the most jarring stat I saw is their red zone offense they score seventy six percent of the time in the red zone. Yeah, that is that's coaching. That is I mean seventy six percent of that not not coming away with anything. Yeah, almost almost one out of every four trips to the red zone they do not. score. How many score. trips do they have? Does they have say that? thirteen trips and they've scored on ten of them. And again, one missed field goal that means twice nothing. They just, they're just going for it. they don't get anything. That is that is a glaring hole. The turnover margin honestly they're negative two. So that that's an opportunity for Tech, but. I, I I see the red zone, which Tech has been – they've shown in the red zone. They can buckle up. They've had games mm-hmm. where they stop teams close. Uh, so I, I do think that can be a big one, but I love the matchup of Matt Wells. Talked all offseason and now in the year, third downs and stopping on fourth downs. That's how – if we're not getting takeaways, those are takeaways right there. Well, you're going up against a team that looks like they're at least – fairly ready which if you're neil brown you might be ready for fourth down conversions because you're gonna have a lot of them Mm -hmm. but it looks like that might be one of their strengths if you're looking for something that can beat them if you're looking at tech is up three points Mm -hmm. with three minutes to go it's going to come down to one of those plays where can they stop them on a third and 16 a fourth and four fourth and Mm -hmm. one you know something like that i i could really see this game coming down to it's a seven-point game or less, and Tech has to stop them on a fourth down for them to not come back in this game.
1: Which is going to be tough because they've got a lot of playmakers. You look at their running backs, Letty Brown, 211 yards, Kennedy McCoy, 207 yards. We've already talked a bunch about Austin Kendall, but he's got two guys that he can throw the ball to, kind of like what you mentioned with, mm-hmm. with the Sills and the Jennings last year. You got T.J. Simmons and Sam James who are basically over 400 yards apiece, so it's not like you got one guy that is making big plays. You got a bunch of guys that can catch the ball, and I think that's the one big thing that People forget that Texas Tech had last year. They had a guy named Antoine Wesley that was your big-time playmaker, and without him, you can kind of see what happened. So I think that's the one thing Texas Tech needs in this game is can you find a wide receiver that can take advantage of – uh, the one time that maybe you are able to get one-on-one coverage because for the most part, uh, before we kind of switch to the defensive side, Dante and Darius Stills, they're going to be in the backfield a bunch, but the thing is is if you can block them a little bit, you're going to probably be able to get some uh, one-on-one coverage.
0: I don't think West Virginia's defense is going to be the problem for Tech here. I just think a, a strong start is going to be very favorable for mm-hmm. them, and, and defensively, obviously, the three-man front getting pressure, that's the second big key, but Matt Wells, I mean – just when it comes to late game situations now yeah the doug coleman thing that's not really on him but tech has been in these games late and they just haven't been able to execute and at the end of the day the coach is responsible for that so tech probably needs to get off to a really really hot start to kind of you know just settle those nerves I also found tech has had three red zone stops by the way second most in the big 12
1: so there so you go i mean behind they're, they're... texas
2: who has had six more red zone opportunities to stop someone
1: so i know John doesn't feel too, I guess, uh, worried about the West Virginia defense. I'm a little bit of the opposite. I mean, they're pretty good. When you look at – you've got two guys in Darius and Dante Stills who are ranked in the top five of sacks. When you look at those guys are also ranked in the top ten of tackles for loss – And not only that, but they are both ranked in the top 10 for tackles in conference. Most sacks in the conference, too. Yes, most sacks in the conference. And that's the the, the one tough thing when you look at that. Yes, sacks, or sacks, um, statistics, pardon me, can tell one story. But the thing is, is when you have multiple situations where you've got one guy in sacks, tackles for loss and tackles, that tells the story, at least for me. They get into the backfield. Can this offensive line slow them down? Because I think that's going to be the biggest key for Texas Tech. If you can block these guys, or if you can run the football away from them, I think that's going to be what they're going to try to do. Or can you get these quick, maybe three-step drop type of throws to where you're not having to worry about these guys? Because I don't know if they're going to be able to do seven-step 7, seven step drops or these long uh, plays where you're trying to wait for things to develop. I don't know if that's going to happen with these two guys, especially two nose, uh, one nose guard that Coach uh, Matt Wells had talked about in Darius Stills, who's just been kind of playing out of his mind the last couple games.
2: The front of their defense, I I do agree with Carlos. I'm actually the opposite of John. I'm not worried about West Virginia's offense as much as I am West Virginia's defense for those two main reasons. They have the most sacks tied with Baylor in the conference. They also, now take this with a grain of salt, their highest rated part of their team is their rushing defense, which is sixth in the Big 12. Everything else is worse. Total defense, passing defense, passing offense, rushing offense, everything else. So what that tells you is when you're getting sacks and you are relatively slowing down the running game, the front seven is what is the strength of that West Virginia team. Do I expect them to score a whole lot? No, I would hope Keith Patterson's looking at this game like, we should not allow more than 17 to 20 points to West Virginia. I mean, at the absolute most. So then if you're the other side, you're looking at your Coach Wells, your Coach Yost, you're going, okay, we need to score between 21 and more, 24 and more points in this game. And I feel pretty good about that. The problem is if they do take that rushing attack away, and I guess I don't think they will. I do think Tech's running the ball fairly well. But that's going to be what West Virginia is going to try. They're going to make, as everyone in the Big 12 should, honestly, they're going to make Jet Duffy beat them. I think i going to say, let's stop this run. Let's really slow it down. Let's make Jet Duffy make some passes down the field and not give them little bubbles and let them run for five yards a pop.
1: And, and let's just kind of throw this out there, too, is West Virginia has been a huge bugaboo for Texas Tech. Yes. Now, granted, this was the previous staff. So, obviously, new things here, new staff at Texas Tech, new staff at West Virginia. But the thing is, is, again, looking at matchups, I totally agree with you. If they're able to stop the run, for Texas Tech, and they're not able to run the football. That's going to be huge because then, like you said, you're going to force Jed Duffy to throw more times and you're probably more comfortable with. And downfield, if it's if it's potentially late in the game, yes, you know? yeah, especially if you're down. Again, if if you're able to get up on West Virginia, I think that puts pressure on that offense that. May not score that much, and then at that point, it's kind of like John had mentioned. You're in that Oklahoma State type of mind, like you're just one or two possessions ahead, and all you have to do is just know that if we can't make you should it have here, hold them. Yeah, exactly. You just try, try to hold them off. Yeah. So I mean, when you look at that, I think that's going to be the big thing. Can you get ahead of them? Can you run the football if you do get ahead of them? Milk the clock, and not only that, but then move the change a little bit because the the one thing that does worry me a little bit. Yes, the offense isn't good, but once they do get to the red zone, they are good. It's because when they do get to the red zone, those are usually 10-12 to play drives, and those have been the bugaboos for the Texas Tech defense. When you look at the 99-yard drive against Arizona, weren't able to stop them there. They were all runs. When you look at the Baylor game, that was, I believe, an 11-play drive as well. When you look at Kansas and what they were able to do, long drives that they weren't able to stop, I believe they were 70 plus yard drives uh, that they weren't able to stop late. That's one thing that Texas Tech has to figure out is when you are in those long type of drives, you have to find a way to get off the field because if they're not, yeah, that that could be a situation where Ryan said if it's a one-possession game, you have to you have to get a stop here. Did they get gassed too? I know Wells is never going to acknowledge it that
2: directly, but you watched late in that Kansas game, late in Baylor game. Yeah, they were on the field sing- so much. Every single week they have lost, that yeah. defense is gassed at the end. Against Baylor and Iowa State, or Baylor and Kansas, both of those games were winnable if the defense was playing like they were throughout the game. But it, we talked about it last week with Kansas. Three of the last five drives were three plays, three plays, five plays. I mean, you're not giving the defense – and, and it's something we've talked about since I've come on this podcast with Carlos. We've talked about it all year. I think there's a lot of potential with this offense, a lot of potential with this team. I do not love the idea of just always going fast. And I know they say we don't always – they do it too much for a team that is – they are not giving their defense hardly any rest. And I know you're going to go fast because that's part of your offense, but there's a certain point where you kind of have to – I've heard Lincoln Riley say before he's a tempo guy too. There are sometimes you're saying, we need to score, and we're going to try to score, but the more important thing is getting our defense off the field for a little bit. Yeah. So they will run on placing, We could throw right here, but if we don't convert it – It's over. So, you know, we'll run, get them a couple extra plays to get some rest. And I really think there are certain points in the game tech needs to start doing that. They really need to just slow it down because they even scored with Rigdon against Kansas. Mm -hmm. But it was in like three plays. The defense doesn't get any rest. Mm -hmm. I get you always take points. Fast pace
0: always like that just doesn't work
2: when you always do it. You need need the points, and I get that. You want to always score points. But there are certain points you have to sacrifice a little bit and say, We need the rest because we are not stopping this other team. And I don't care what West Virginia's offense has done. If Tech's defense is gassed and you can hand it off for five, six yards a pop, or even Charlie Brewer just keeping himself and running for Mm -hmm. 10 yards, they're going to have to give this Tech defense, which is their strength over the offense, they have to give them rest. Or it doesn't matter who they're playing. If they are gassed late in the fourth quarter and it's close, they're going to lose. And I think Baylor exploited that, and I think Kansas exploited that. That's why they were getting all those... Huge passes down the field. So I would like to see... Tempo is great. I want to see a time of possession dominated by Texas Tech and to see Texas defense that's off the ball. That's not
0: how they operate, though. I know. That's how the whole tap out TTU thing, all that but stuff... But they talked about wanting to run it more. Not, yeah, I mean... You know? Yeah, well, you, you talk about that, uh, you mentioned a little bit ago, uh, the West Virginia defense, how they have all those sacks, how that front seven's so good. But Tech is second in the Big 12 when it comes to sacks against in terms of the least amount of sacks against that they mm-hmm. allow. It really it's not because the their offensive line is that great. We know it's like a little bit banged up and all that good stuff. It's because they get rid of the ball so quickly. Mm-hmm. And when you run that fast-tempo offense, That's you know that fast tempo offense. It doesn't really mean sacks because defenses are disoriented. They don't really know where to go and and, you know all all that stuff. But I I think you need to find that balance of fast tempo and not. And and if you can, then they'll exploit this defense. I actually kind of like this matchup for Tech in terms of the uh, the on paper Tech offense. Yeah, just 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 the yeah the Tech. West Virginia matchup I, I think the Red mm-hmm. Raiders are in a good position to actually win in Morgan I don't Brown think any Saturday. of us
2: I don't think any of us disagree with that I just th- I think there are there are things West Virginia can exploit about this team I think most of the advantages do go towards Tech but I, th- I could just see a game that if it's 28 24 five minutes to go and that tech defense is gassed, I could see it being a problem yeah if they jump on top you know 17 nothing again I know they blew it against Kansas but in general that's that's going to set them up for success. But there there has to be something, too, when you're up 17 nothing on Kansas, and then you, you know all of a sudden you're losing the game because your defense can't keep up. But no, I agree with you on paper that most of these advantages do go towards Tech, and the fact that the front seven will be a, li- a little more neutralized by doing all these bubbles and screens compared to just running it up the middle.
1: So after 30 minutes of talking about this ad nauseum, what is your prediction for Texas Tech, West Virginia, either of you, I'm going to start so you guys can kind of talk or kind of think a little bit. Texas Tech is on a three-game losing streak. I think it ends this weekend. I think um, – I don't think it's anything different. I think it's just they're going to continue to do what they've done, and I think the running game is going to finally kind of find itself. Um, I think Sir Roger Thompson may have a pretty good game just because of, like I said, if you run away from those two guys on the defensive line for West Virginia, I think – Maybe the rest of their defense isn't able to slow down Sir Roderick. And then once you do that and you establish that run game, I think Jet Duffy's going to find that he's going to find some guys open when they do some play action or some RPO or kind of some of those other things. And I think that's going to be the key for Texas Tech. What the score is, I don't know, but I'm just going to take it straight up. I think Texas Tech beats West Virginia. I'll say Tech will win 31-21. Oh, there you I think go. That was pretty close. I was going to say 30-24 to
2: Tech. I agree with everything you said, Carlos. They are on a three-game losing streak. Not only does does this matchup benefit them, I think you have to win it for reasons we already talked about. Mm-hmm. And not that that's going to send them over the edge, oh, we have to win this, we're going to try harder. But this is a game that's very winnable. You need a road win. You need a win, period, to mm-hmm. stay alive for a bowl game, all that. I like their matchups in general. Their offense can do enough to get there. I do think West Virginia can score some points on it. But I'm saying a 6-10 to to six to 10 point victory is what I would guess. But I, I, there are there's plenty here for them to explain, because if they don't get this win... We could be looking at a 3-9 and season. So I
1: I expect them to go in there and win this one just like I expected the Kansas win. Of course, they're going to be playing West Virginia at 11 a.m. on Saturday. You can catch that on ESPN2. And then, of course, you can get all the information at lubbockonline.com and on Twitter at Red Raider Sports as well. Um, And then the other thing, too, just to kind of play off of what you were talking about, Ryan, if they do get a victory, maybe that gets a little bit more people in the stands for a home game against TCU. 11 a.m. TCU. You got to get those fans in there. Yeah, you never know. So we'll see what what happens there. But um, obviously appreciate you all kind of sitting here chatting a little bit about West Virginia and Texas Tech. What do you got going on this weekend, Ryan?
2: Well, first of all, I want to give you guys some trivia because we can't, can't can't overlook that part for you, so much. you guys and Don. So uh, this one I don't think is honestly as difficult as they have been. So West Virginia, the Big 12 disbanded 2011. West Virginia joined that next year with TCU. How many times since West Virginia has joined the Big 12 has Texas Tech finished higher than the Mountaineers? Twice. Football? Yeah, so 12, twice. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, Seven years. You say twice? Twice. I'll say once. Once? It's twice.
1: I knew that one. Carlos
2: I it. actually knew that. I Wait, let me put you. You're 1-3. John is 0-3. I, I would expect so on. Would
1: see, expect see look at that. Do you know what years this? I, I was on a three-game losing streak. I snapped it. You did. You did. What what, uh, what? years would you say? Oh, my God. Definitely 2013 is one. Yeah, 2013 when they had that good year, and then probably a Tuberville year would be my guess. 2012 and 2013. Boom.
2: I expect Don to get this one. I wanted to make it a little easier. I'm sick of getting just like some of the ones I ask are like These are incredibly difficult, but I just thought. I'd...
1: I mean, hey, I mean, for what it's worth, he he knows a lot. I I expect him to get that but, one. But but the thing is, is like sometimes if you catch us off guard, like like you know you haven't like kind of prepped for it, it, well, it, it's a little tough. to... It's kinda, also a small sample. It's only that.
2: seven games, so like your <laughs> guess is true. Not, tech hasn't finished better than them. You know, five of those seven years. So,
1: well, the the other thing too is just kind of based on the way that the trajectory has gone for both programs. West Virginia has been pretty good. Texas Tech has been up and down. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of knew that there were a couple years where. It kind of changed. So, is that the last one? Uh, I've asked, asked the only trivia question. this I'll let John
0: plug his stuff first. He wants, you know, I, I always yeah, love he wants hearing to plug, this plug? Yeah. Oh, geez.
1: Um, don't forget, there's going to be weather, so don't forget to, to bundle up for your high school games there, John. Oh,
0: geez. Yeah, we great. got uh, we got Cooper going for a district title on Friday night. Yeah, in some, Woodrow. Some Fox, uh, Fox 34 football Friday action covering all of that. All that good stuff, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, which teams around here, where they'll be playing, and who they'll be matched up with, and all that good stuff next week. There you
2: go. Uh, so I will be, last week, uh, post New Deal, 53-0 post win by my Antelopes. Uh, they oh, you're Antelopes? I do. I love Abernathy and Post because okay. of the Antelopes. You know? okay. um, this week, though, Thursday, we'll be at uh, Coronado hosting Caprock. Coronado wins. They're in the playoffs. Yep. So it's effectively a playoff start this week for Coronado. Mm-hmm. Friday, we have not made our schedule just yet. I know I will. I, I I believe I will be at Lubbock Christian versus Trinity Christian out at Trinity's New Field Way South. Lubbock could be.
1: You'll see Alexis.
2: She'll be there. There you go. Could be at Cooper Randall, but I believe I'll be at Lubbock Christian. Trinity Christian going live at um, six and ten before and after. Live at six before the Coronado Capra game on Thursday. No packages this week. Those will be starting up hopefully next week or probably next week since the playoffs start next week. Uh, anchoring here at the beginning of the week. Look at you! Uh, so that, you know that's always Being fun. Being busy for once. Saturday won't be doing anything though because uh, it's yeah, obviously a road game. I'll be in the office of at yeah. ten thirty a.m. Just but like me. Yeah, it's a, not yeah. really you know doing a whole lot, but uh, it's been a it's been a good week, honestly, in general. You know, I, I like these road games. Basketball
1: that, starts today, is where basketball this starts today. Be there
2: tonight with Johnny Sox here mm-hmm. uh, taking on Eastern Illinois. Just follow, hit that Twitter, KOK yeah. Sports, KOK. Look at my, you, my personally. At Ryan underscore king underscore now, still trying to get to that 1,000 mark so I can, you know, my God, you're over here with 50,000. John probably has a couple thousand. So. Uh, just trying to get there, but I always appreciate coming on, Carlos. We we've been yeah, doing Lose. this. thanks, bud. This has been like a month now. I really, really appreciate. It. I hope it goes all year long.
1: No, like I said, uh, again, I, I like to get different perspectives. I know everyone likes to listen to what Don says, but I I, I just like to have differing us included, differing voices. Not only that, but then the fact that I've been sick is kind of nice because you guys were talking a little bit, so I don't have to talk as much because sometimes Don doesn't like to talk. So, uh, again, you've listened to another edition of the Red Raider Podcast. I'm Carlos Silva for John of Fox 34, and Ryan King of. KLBK. We appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you next week.